Hello and welcome everybody. This is Kathy Brophy from Little Victories and I am sitting here with my guest today, Beth Masozzi. She is a licensed social worker and a bereavement specialist. Hi Beth. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good. So um, Beth, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you work and how you came to do this work that you do? Sure. Uh, so right now, I, uh, I'm a bereavement specialist with Beth Israel Leahy Health at Home in the Watertown, out of the Watertown office. And um, I provide all the bereavement services that come through the hospice uh, and also through the, um, some from the community as well, especially through COVID. Um, and I came to this work, I've actually been a student of life and death all my life. Um, from the time I was a little girl, um, but I most more specifically, I was a caregiver for my own mother from 2009 until 2012, and she was a World War II veteran who wanted to die in her own home. So I thought, if I can make that happen, I will. And after that, what can I say? I just had a passion for that whole process and went to work in uh, facilities doing um, end of life care and. Then the phone rang and here I am. So so I, I can speak firsthand um, that you're very good at what you do. And I'm, I'm very appreciative that you're giving us this time and sharing your, your wisdom and knowledge here with my listeners. And I, I want to share um, just a little bit how um, we became connected, how I came to know you. I think some of my listeners know that I lost my father this past May. Uh, and uh, he was in a long-term uh, care facility and uh, he did end up passing from COVID. And I, um, I got involved in a, a group this summer, which is definitely not something that um, is on my, my everyday list. It was definitely out of my comfort zone to get involved with the group. And the piece here where this, this is connected, the, the Little Victories, the name of this podcast, is um, my, my father wrote a book 2010 called Little Victories, and it was in an effort to help people that are unemployed um, kind of get their, their hope back, their confidence, their self-worth. And part of his, his mantra was by creating small victories every single day, those one a day can turn into two or three, and then those little victories can turn into bigger victories. And um, so that that is that that's my inspiration for this podcast. And I'm gonna, you know, this is obviously um, a way for me to carry on my father's legacy, but I also think that it's really, really, really important work. And um, so I'm, I'm appreciative that you are here today, Beth. So um, I guess I want to jump right in and. Um, talk about one of the things that you provide people is you write um, in a blog and it's it's you're a really 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 um, wonderful writer um, the name Thank of your you. blog is is called meaning amidst loss making sense of the unimaginable unimaginable and this blog I'm referring to um, was called beyond the tightrope recycling repurposing and reclaiming life and I'm just gonna read a little bit about it and then maybe have you speak to that because this, this piece I'm going to read really resonated with me. When death tears the fabric of our lives, what do we do with the fabric that remains? Do we throw the torn fabric into the trash, 
put the torn fabric on a shelf in the back of the closet. Wrap it around ourselves for warmth. Do we sew it in a shroud? Do we cut the fabric into small squares and make a quilt? Do we shred it? Then weave the shreds into a tapestry. When we experience a shocking or life-altering loss, does it become about surviving the precious moments we have left of, on earth in an endless and repeating cycle of suffering through sorrow? It is true that the life we had is gone and will never be the same. It is equally true that this is our one precious life that remains. So I'm gonna stop there uh, and, and have you speak a little bit about what you were saying there. Well, I actually love the connection between us because the little victories is really what that what that's speaking to. Um, grief is overwhelming and people tend to have uh, certain responses to it. So some people, they kind of end where their person died and that's it for them. They don't want to re-engage in life. They don't want to take their person with them. They just want to stay in the tomb with them. So, so what do we make of that life we have left? How do we use those sadnesses to lead us to what we're going to do next, how we're going to redefine ourselves, but how are we going to redefine ourselves and take them with us? So I always say that one of the tasks of grief is not to move on. It's not to abandon the love that we had or the person that was in our life, but it's to move forward with them intact. So how do we strengthen that connection and use whatever they poured into us to reweave that fabric or to make something out of the fabric that's left? Little victories. Little victories, yes. And that moving forward, yeah, you hear that a lot from people. They say, I just gotta move on, I just gotta move on. Um, but you're, you're saying, you know, again, thinking in, into the, the different groups that you have, maybe, and I'm, I'm catching you off guard because we didn't really talk about this, but it just made me wonder, when, when people first come into the group, obviously there's a wide array of, of, of feelings and emotions and where they are. But when you, when you hear that kind of message from someone saying, I just gotta move on, um, what, what is your response back to that person in that moment when they're talking about, they just need to move on? Um, and, and again, referring back to what you just said about um, you want to take that person with you. Yes. So I do think there's a good intent behind people saying they want to move on. It means they don't. For, so those are the people you're talking about that don't want to stay in the grief. But at the same time, um, you can't deny it. It's going to it's going to kind of wacky in the head <laughs> no matter what you know you you think you're doing great you go over to the grocery store you're walking down the cereal aisle and you see the cocoa puffs that your person adored and you burst into tears so while people want to separate themselves from the grief they can't if you live a long life and hopefully most of us will um, if you live a long life you're going to have many 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 times of grief in your life and so part of it is not moving away from it, but learning to move with it and learning to move through it, through it because grief never leaves. But what happens is our ability to maintain it, our ability to use it to find meaning in our life and our ability to uh, transform ourselves is also contained in the grief. Okay. So I wanna, wanna switch a little bit to um, another blog that you wrote. Uh, 
and it was entitled therefore turn and live 10 steps towards life and in that blog you write about a full body experience for someone to experiment with the concept of turning to live yes so can you maybe speak about that for people that are listening that um are maybe new to grief or, or haven't thought about it that way or, or finding themselves amidst the grief and not really being able to function Yes. So when you're first in the grief and you're very raw and the feelings are overwhelming, all you can see is the death. So if your person died slowly over a long decline, you're going to remember those last years, days, months, weeks. If your person died suddenly, what you're going to remember is what led up to that moment you heard they were gone and what happened right when you heard they were gone. So you're going to try to you know, your brain tries to close the loops if what happened to them, how it occurred, you know, so you're kind of stuck there. But when, when you, if you continue to move with it, what happens then is kind of an unfolding. So anyway, in this exercise, the idea is you take something that symbolizes the death, something that symbolizes their life, you look at them side by side, then you pick up the thing that symbolizes their life and you hold it to you does that give some feeling of separation from the death because they are not defined by their death they're defined by their life so the part that you want to be able to take with you is what was that love made out of what did they pour into you or what did you pour into them that you want to hold on to and then we practice by actually physically turning our backs to the object that represents death and looking out and saying, okay, with my beloved with me, what do I see? What can I, can I take a step forward? So that was the idea behind it. I do have a client that got to step five and it was pretty powerful experience for her. Pretty powerful experience because she was, she said to me, I was living in the death and now I'm trying to, you know, as you're saying, garner together, you know, gather together the parts of my loved one that remain and figure out how to take those parts forward with me as I start to reconnect to life. Okay. Yes, and you did ask people to share when they get through it to talk about what that was like. And I hope to be one of those people that, that does get through to 10 steps and I will let you know when I get there. Yeah. Um, one other thing I'd, I'd love you to, to maybe speak about um, briefly is the project that you were having us do in group right now with the, the four items as, as people are coming forward when they're comfortable. Um, can you maybe talk about what that, that exercise is that we're doing in group? Yes, so just like the 10 steps, you know, when, we have, when we're working with children, we will always allow them to mentally rehearse something. If they're going to the dentist for the first time, they have to have a surgery, and we know they're gonna have a loss of a pet or a loved one, we will read them a book. We will prepare them for that. But for adults, we've lost the ability to mentally rehearse. So the exercises might seem a bit contrived and they might seem silly because you're standing and looking at something that you don't understand. But if you step in and try to experiment with the, act, with the exercise or the activity, 
it bypasses your defense mechanisms and you're going to find out something about yourself. So what I had asked the group to do was to bring four things, something that represented the physical aspect of their loved one, something that represented the mental aspect of their loved one, the emotional aspect and the spiritual aspect, and introduce us to their loved one. And the results were re are, because we're still working on it, profound and amazing because bringing that person to life i've watched someone who usually looks sad become animated and giggle i've watched people um you know get younger right before my eyes so these things they work because they teach us something we didn't know about ourselves the way we've internalized the person we've lost and, and I, you can speak to it much better than me because you did it why don't you tell us about your experience <laughs> right so, <laughs> well, so first of all can i ask you were you skeptical before you did it i have to say i was not skeptical about the exercise um what was what i was um holding back from and trying to avoid was not breaking down while I was sharing my four items. That was probably the biggest challenge for me. And that's one of the things that I'm, for me personally, working on is, is the vulnerability piece. And um, again, you, you, you talked a little bit, you alluded to it in the grocery store when you say you see the Cocoa Puffs, um, you know, having the triggers and not having that uh, stop you in your tracks. Um, so I was basically trying to avoid those that happening to me because I was going to be talking about my dad, but I got through it. Um, and the group was very responsive and attentive. Um, and you, you spoke, you spoke to it at different points that the, um, what you, the benefit out of being a witness to it and the benefit out of being the person that's telling the story. So I will say that I am still very much in process and, and processing it right now. But, um, for anyone listening right here who's hearing this and um, you know in in their own grief, uh, I can just I can just say that um, give it a shot uh, if you're if you're finding that um, just getting through your day is difficult. So I, I, that's what I would say. Um, there was one other um, I want to give people an opportunity to if they want to read your blogs or contact you, find out more about um, your support group or other support groups, can you maybe share? And I will put this information when I put the blog out, but maybe how would they find your blog to read and then um, other resources around grief groups? Okay, so if you go to www.bereavementsupportservices, all one word, dot wordpress.com, or uh, sorry, at WordPress, Com. So www.bereavementsupportservices at wordpress.com um, or you can phone me at 339-225-5220 and you'll share my, because my email address is complicated, so you'll share that with folks. There are a ton of bereavement supports in the community. Um, you can go to the Hospice Federation website or just Google bereavement support groups. There's about every kind of support you can imagine out there. Uh, we currently have several groups running as well. You know, but the important thing is if you read the blog, not every post is going to apply to you. Not every post. And so I try to use 
enough different kinds of images in every post to try to capture someone's way of looking at the world. So, you know, check out a few and, and try something. That's all. Just try one thing, you know, it might make a difference. Thank you. And then I, I will also share um, that Beth will be speaking at a conference in September on September 12th and September 19th are the two dates of the conference. The schedule hasn't come out. It's going to be released, but it's a conference from, put out by MAPERD, which is the Massachusetts Association for Health, Physical Education, Recreation and Dance. And the conference is focused on trauma and uh, for specifically for educators around trauma. So if you like what you've heard, your curiosity is peaked, that is another way that you can find Beth. And um, Beth, is there, is there any, you know, for someone that's maybe hearing this for the first time and, um, you know, has, has never kind of been proactive in their grief, is there, is there anything that you'd like to say before we kind of, um, you know, say goodbye? Yes, I, I think that the biggest thing is that grief is the guest that shows up unannounced and never leaves. But you can befriend that guest, you can learn what they have to offer, you can find a way to use it to go in directions in your life that you might never have considered before. I'd say, you know, we as a culture, we really try to avoid it, but there's really a lot of gold that's contained because let's face it it's part of life all of us experience grief at many different times for many different things but particularly death it's one of those life and death it's big hot ticket items <laughs> so don't be afraid I, I guess that would be my my thing is don't be afraid the emotions are strong but there's gold contained in the strong emotions thank you and Wishing everybody um, a wonderful day today, sending out peace and love, and thanking Beth for sharing her knowledge and expertise with us today. Thank you, Beth. Thank you so much. Blessings. Take care. Take care, everybody. Okay.